Last week, I sat down to write all three homilies for this Holy Tritium, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Easter. After I'd finished writing this evening's homily, it didn't sit well with me. The whole week, it just didn't feel right. And then, I was with all of our priests and our bishop and many of our lay faithful, about 50 or so of our own parishioners down at the cathedral for the chrism mass on Tuesday night. And I heard our new bishop, Bishop Brennan, and his homily. His homily was beautiful. And something that he said in particular really struck me and has resonated inside of me for these last two days. So this morning, after praying in my chapel before the Blessed Sacrament, I scrapped the homily I wrote last week. I have something else in mind. I want to share with you the three words he shared with us. And the context, I think, of this evening is perfect for it. Broken. Mended. Strengthened. Broken. Mended, strengthened. Bishop Brennan used his own crozier as an illustration for this. So, as you know, a crozier is the staff that a bishop has. And it imitates a a, a shepherd's staff or crook. And the particular one he had that evening, he had it made when he first became a bishop. It is simple and plain, not ornate, made of wood. And there was a moment at a mass in his past where he had the crozier leaning up against a wall or something while he was preaching, and the crozier fell over and slapped on the hard wood. And it cracked the top of the crozier, or what you might want to call the crook, the top. And the crack... The break was clearly seen. So he knew he didn't know how to fix this. And he knew that he didn't want it to remain the same. So he went back to its creator. A friend of his, a monk, who designed and built the crozier. And he said, can you fix this for me? And indeed... The creator of the crozier said, yes, I can fix this. And he fixed it, in fact, in such a way that he made it stronger than it ever was before. Broken, mended, strengthened. This is a great insight into the spiritual life for all of us, no matter our state of life. Broken, mended, strengthened. So, it's a great insight into what happens to all of us. Because we all get broken along the way. Now, it can be things that happen to us, or things that we do to ourselves, or things that we do to others that breaks us. It can be due to external circumstances, And it could be due to interior stuff. But we get broken from the original design 
of our creator for each one of us. And we have some choices to make in our brokenness. We can try to fix it ourselves, but we are not capable of fixing our brokenness. And so we could spend our whole lives trying to fix ourselves in a variety of ways and never be able to. We can also pretend that, well, there's a break here, but it really doesn't matter. But it does matter. And not only do we see it and experience it, but so do others. And so that's not an option for us either. Really, the only option is to take it back to its creator. To take it back to God. To take ourselves back to God. And to ask him, can you mend this? Can you repair this? Can you heal this? Can you put me back together? And God's response is always the same. Yes, I can but always waiting for us because he gives us freedom, which is the stuff also that causes our brokenness. But he waits for us in our freedom to cry out to him and to ask him to mend us. And not only is he able to mend us and will mend us, but he does this in two ways. He does it directly himself And he does it also through the help of others. This is certainly true of my own life. And I've had seasons in my life when I have known this. Most recently, here among you as your pastor. If you remember my first year, at the end of my first year, during the summer, last summer, I spoke to you very honestly about my struggles with you, among you, in my first year as your pastor. I shared that a lot of it had to do with just my own humanness. And the humanness that we all have. For instance, when any of us go through major life transitions, it can be hard. And it can really wear upon us, and it can break us. And I think in a very real way, that's something of what happened to me. And it's something that happened to me precisely because of what I just said. Because I thought to myself, as I come here and I arrive here, and everyone begins to place upon me their expectations. The bishop, and the reasons why he sends me as a pastor here, he has reasons for why he sends every priest to every parish. So his expectations. And then the downtown, the administrative, the stuff that's going on, and others come to visit with me and say, here's some things you want to work on. Okay? And then when I arrive, the staff and their expectations upon me. And then um, the leadership of the parish and their expectations. And then just meeting individual parishioners and them wanting to have one-on-one meetings with me. And, um, and then, as you remember, I spent a whole year visiting parishioners, groups of parishioners in their homes and listening to your expectations. And during this whole time then, I felt the weight 
of the parish upon me. And I thought to myself, I'm a strong man, and I can carry this weight. So in the beginning, that's exactly what I tried to do. And it was crushing. I felt underwater and overwhelmed. And then I remembered from the spiritual life and from my own experiences and experiences of other priests to cry out to God. I can't do this, and I know that you're not expecting me to do this alone. And so I cried out to him, mend me. You see, whenever we get into these situations, the problem isn't out there. That's what we get fixated on. And we get fixated on, and I have to repair those problems. And other people, and other circumstances, and other uh, incidences, and events, and whatever. No, the problem isn't here. It's in, it's in ourselves. And we have to cry out whenever we find ourselves overwhelmed and underwater. Lord, fix me. Mend me. I'm the one who's broken here. And broken precisely because I think that I can and should do this alone. And that is a lie. That's from the enemy. So I cried out. And the Lord immediately began to respond. Immediately. And over the period of the months that followed, all this happening within my first year, the Lord calls me into more prayer with him. He calls me back to reading the scriptures with him every morning. He calls me to more time in front of him in the Eucharistic adoration. All of this uh, directs stuff that he was working on with me and inside of me. And at the same time, then he starts calling uh, more people to join the staff. He picks them, not me. He has his idea and his eye upon each one of the people that then joined our staff in our first year here. And each one of them, he had been preparing to join us in this mission and this ministry. And we have a, a beautiful staff who are so supportive of me as their pastor and believe in our mission and are hard workers and dedicated. And I want to thank every single one of them. But it doesn't stop with them. Because as all of us then start to want to grow, including myself, want to grow in our faith and see the need to grow in our faith and grow our hunger for God, And our realization that we need God in newer and deeper ways, including myself. Then what I started to see within my first year and and, and definitely here in our second year is more and more of our parishioners rising up and saying, I I, want to be in Alpha. I want to be in discipleship groups. I want to be in Bible studies. I want to be in front of our Lord in the Eucharist. And the Lord working on many of your hearts and your minds and your brokenness and your histories and your lives and your relationships. So that over that first year now into our second year, he's raising up, I'm seeing this, he's raising up so many of you now as ministry leaders in our parish. Joining me, joining our staff, joining our Lord in this mission. 
And the list goes on and on of the direct ways and then the indirect ways for other people that God mends our brokenness. And then not just mends it, but strengthens it. And not despite the brokenness, but in the midst of the brokenness, makes us stronger than we ever were before. Because we don't do it alone. We don't do the spiritual life alone. It was never meant to be that way. I tell this from my own perspective, uh, almost now a year later, to let you know that things are a lot better, thanks be to God. And thanks be to you. And thanks be to you. I tell you this too because of our scripture readings. So here's Jesus on the night of his last supper. And he goes to his disciples to wash their feet. Peter, speaking for the rest, objects to this. You're not going to wash my feet. You're the Lord. I'm just the disciple. I'm the student, right? And Jesus says to him, if I don't wash you, you will not have my inheritance in you. And so Peter says, then for God's sakes, wash every part of me. (laughs) Right? Beautiful. What is the gospel writer John communicating here? What is Jesus trying to communicate? The washing is that repairing, is that putting back together. Think of baptism. What does baptism do? It takes away original sin. It brings us back to God's original design for us. So just before Christ goes into his suffering, into his passion, into his crucifixion, and into his death, and then into the tomb, he mends his disciples. He washes them. He restores them. He revitalizes them. He renews them. Just like, you know, when we jump into a pool of water, it completely revitalizes us. Now imagine the Son of God washing our feet. Imagine what that did for each one of those disciples. But also imagine what it said. It says, I care for you. I love you. And so much so to humble myself and stoop as a servant to care for you and to love you and to restore you. And the disciples never forgot this. They never forgot this. Especially in the dark days that followed, those immediate three dark days. Even as they scattered, even as they abandoned the Lord, This would remain with them then and in the years that follow. And he says to them, what I've done for you, you do. You do for one another. You do for others. And so what happens? 
Even before the resurrection, the gospel writers tell us that they gather again together as a community, meaning they do not experience this alone. Only one experienced it alone. And that led him to despair and to taking his life. Judas. All the others gathered back together. And they remembered that the Lord works not just with them directly, but indirectly through one another. And then what happens? This leads to the encounter with the Lord, with the resurrected Lord. And when they encounter him, they encounter him together as a community of believers. They experience that strengthening power of our Lord who saw them in their brokenness, mended them, and made them stronger than ever before. It got them ready to experience the dark days and the seasons of their lives. When they saw their Lord crucified, and they wonder where all of this is going to lead. When they look at themselves and say, what's going to happen with my life? How many of us and how often we go through this when we go through darkness? What does this mean for my life? Where is this leading? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? Not alone, but with him and with one another. And how is our world going to get through this? How are so many who are not here, this, who, are, who we love and the Lord has put into our life, going to get through whatever it is that they're going through? Not alone, but with the Lord and with you. And so the apostles go through the darkness and go through the resurrection. And then they are sent out by the Holy Spirit to give to the rest of the world their encounter with the resurrected Lord who came to them in their brokenness, who mended them, but didn't just mend them and leave them scarred and crippled and lame, but mended them in a way that they were stronger than they ever were before and had the strength to do what the Lord had called them to do. And you and I are Christian today because of them. And how many more will be Christian or return to their Christian faith because of you? You, not me. You, recognizing I can't do this alone. The spiritual life is not me alone. And I certainly can't get through my brokenness alone. And we call out to the Lord, both individually, and we gather around as a community, here tonight and in the days and the months and years that follow. We, like the disciples, hover around the Lord. We become a community of disciples who stay together, and then together and with Him, we will go out to them and address their brokenness and repair and make them stronger. But how can we do that for them who we love so much and those who we don't even know but the Lord is calling us to come to know and to join in friendship and relationship? How can we do that? How can I do that? Unless we first cry out to him and say, I can't do this alone. 
I'm broken, mend me. And he will. And he will strengthen us in our brokenness. Directly and indirectly among a community of believers. This is something of what this evening offers to us. As representatives of each one of you, who represent the first 12 and represent all of us, come up into this holy place and say, I'm broken. Wash me. What the Lord does for his priesthood to them tonight, he wants to do for each one of us from this night going forward.